Happy Mother's Day from 55 in Maine, a Disney podcast. On this special episode, Mark and I celebrate and discuss our favorite Disney moms, highlighting what makes a great Disney mom and our favorite moments with these characters. In honor of not just Disney moms, but all moms everywhere, join us at 55 in Maine, where all roads lead to Disney. Welcome everybody back to 55 in Maine, a Disney podcast. My name is Spencer, and on the phone with me is... Mark. Uh, and we are bringing to you a special episode uh, by request uh, in honor of Mother's Day this week. Uh, and we're going to be talking about Disney moms and some of the best Disney moms and the worst Disney moms and what makes a great Disney mom. Uh, and uh, Mark, you, uh, you texted me and you said, hey... We should do this episode. We should do this list. So, talk to me a little bit about like. I assume your wife requested this. So, <laughs> yes, that is true. She is a fervent listener of the podcast, and she always giving me ideas of like you should do this episode, do that episode. And so she said we should do a Disney moms one, and I thought what a perfect way to honor moms. And the Disney moms have kind of a troubled history. Many of them either aren't around or you see their death, which is a traumatizing moment for the character and for the audience. So I thought it would also be a pretty interesting conversation to have. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, when you think about just storytelling in general, right, and, and as teachers, you know, we, we teach the hero's journey structure uh, to our students. But when you think about in, in most stories, uh, you have the hero has to overcome struggles and trials to become a hero uh and many many of those struggles and trials is dealing with tragedy and and dealing with 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 death uh and so when you think about you know luke skywalker um harry potter um all of these different uh, characters bruce wayne uh you know a lot of these characters you know lose their parents and so when you translate that to disney it's kind of interesting because that's also a lot of these characters lose lose their parents. So it's kind of special when you have when you can make a list of some of these parents who stick around and make an impression on the on the main character. Yeah, and a couple of mine aren't necessarily like the prototypical mother figure, but okay. they kind of play a role like that in the character's life. Okay, cool. So I, that's I yeah. was going back and forth on that a little bit because they're. There's there's one for me that kind of just like popped into my head really quick when we, when I was starting to make my list was uh, was the was the aunt in Big Hero Six and how oh, and one. how yeah. like she's very motherly to uh, uh, to a hero and and to those characters and so uh, that, those yeah. were like so that was kind of interesting to to kind of kind of go through the list uh, and and try to figure out my my top five but. Um, I, now the the big question is: Should we do this again for Father's Day with with Disney dads? <laughs> we should. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I totally think we should. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure if I did the research, I could come up with a list. Well, because because that's what I was thinking with like many of these parents either are dead or die in the film, mm. or a lot of them have like fathers in their lives and like the moms aren't there. So think of Ariel, you know, uh, yeah. King Triton, uh, and Mufasa, uh, you know, and uh, Bell. Yeah. Like, and, and a lot of these have to do with like father, son dynamics or father, daughter dynamics. And so it's, it's kind of rare to get that kind of mother child dynamic, which is really cool. I'm, so I'm interested to see where our lists uh, yeah. go because I think we've got some I think we've got some good ones so uh, my question to you Mark is like what then makes like what qualities uh, does a, a, a good Disney mom have well it depends what you're going for sometimes the most memorable Disney moms are the worst Disney okay. moms <laughs> and they're actually as I think about the worst ones they're not tip like the real mom you know it's always a stepmother yeah or someone was kidnapped and they think it's their mom, but it's not their mom. So if you're talking like a real Disney mom, usually they're often royalty because most of the Disney girls are princesses. And so like they have that going for them. 
And they're the typical fair maiden and wise and kind person. So they're your pretty typical moms, but I, I'm kind of looking forward to talking about some of the bad Disney mom <laughs> examples. So let's talk about them then. So okay. um, who, who do you think is the worst Disney mom? The worst has to be Cinderella's stepmom. Yes. Right? Uh, okay, like, because yeah. like for a long time, my number one for worst Disney mom was, was Mother Gothel from Tangled. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I think I think you're right. I think Cinderella's stepmother is is, is worse. And be, because, and this comes straight from, I think, the live action version for me, mm-hmm. um, which I just recently rewatched. Uh, but uh, Kate Blanchett's performance is just so good in that movie that I think that just stands out for me. So yeah, so Cinderella's stepmom for sure. Because you look at the Mother Gothel and you kind of get her motivation. She's doing something terrible, but she's doing it because she wants to stay alive and have this power for her. It's a terrible motivation, but at least I get it. Whereas I have no idea why <laughs> Cinderella's mom is so nasty to her. Like, is it jealousy? I haven't seen the live action movie. Maybe they go into it deeper, but like, did they give any reason for why she's so mean? In the animated film, no, they do not. She's just... So that's all I know. I'm like, what the heck? Like, why is she so bitter and mean and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just me. I mean, and then when you think about even her sidekick, uh, who is uh, the cat, is named Lucifer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think she's just <laughs> meant to be this like symbol of, of evil, you know? Uh, yeah, but in, yeah, yeah. in the live action version, they definitely go much deeper into her motivation. And there's, there's a bit of jealousy... There, uh, you find out that her uh, first husband, um, she like loved completely uh, and was devastated by his death, and she married Cinderella's dad just to kind of have an advantageous marriage, just to kind of take care of her daughters. And Cinderella's dad kind of dotes on Cinderella and, and kind of doesn't look at her the same way. Uh, and so there's this kind of animosity there. So there's definitely some layers in the live action version, which is why I think I like it so much. So yeah, yeah. So the other the other evil stepmother uh, <laughs> that is a is a bad Disney mom has got to be the evil queen, right, from Snow White. So I was going to ask you that because I I it's been so long since seeing that movie. What's the connection to her and Snow White? She's her stepmom, and she's. The queen, she's the queen, and I mean, there's no, there's, you never see the dad, and I mean, I don't even think they mention him, uh, the king, Uh, but, and again, you get a little bit of motivation, I mean, it's a terrible motivation, but, uh, you know, Snow White has, uh, has uh, surpassed her as the fairest of them all, and so in order to remain uh, the most beautiful, she (laughs) decides to kill Snow White, so. So dark. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because like we're saying, sometimes um, sometimes a, a villain can be two-dimensional and just be kind of this symbolic representation of like, this is bad, this is evil. And that works. Uh, and then there's other times where you kind of want a deeper dive into kind of what makes them tick. Uh, and so, you know, then you get characters like, you know, the Joker or something, right? Uh, and, uh, um, so it's, it's interesting to see kind of the, the differences between some of these bad Disney moms that some of them have layers to them and some don't. Yeah. And I was thinking the other princess I thought of is Sleeping Beauty. Cause we talked about like the big ones. Yeah. What's her, her mom's kind of like whatever, right? Like I don't remember her being a super important character yeah the the dad the king is much more important in in that film uh because like they're the the two the two kings are kind of marrying off aurora and and prince philip uh and so the mom is there but she definitely has a a kind of lesser role but then when you think about like that movie you've got the 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 fairies who are essentially in a motherly role to her and then if you extend it to the live action maleficent movie they they definitely flip the narrative and basically make maleficent aurora's mother figure 
Um, so there's, yeah, there's definitely some interesting takes with, with kind of the Sleeping Beauty uh, kind of story. So, yeah. but those were the, those were the three kind of moms that stood out to me as being not so good was Cinderella's stepmom, Snow White's stepmom and, and Mother Gothel. Were there any I, others that stood out to you? I had the exact same three. <laughs> the, the only one I think as a mom who's a legitimate character and who's not any whole character um, is the Brave movie. I don't that that counts, right? As uh-huh. like a, oh, yeah. Because she, she kind of has an arc to her. Mm-hmm. She has, she starts off being not understanding with her daughter and then she turns into the bear. So it's kind of like she's kind of in the middle but at the end of course she learns her lesson it becomes good but i just thought like i didn't love that movie but i thought it was a pretty unique take on the mother daughter disney film yes and i'm going to be talking about that in a little bit all right okay 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 very nice (laughs) all right so um shall we get started with our list let's do it okay so um i do have a couple honorable mentions um, before we get started uh and Simply because we we talked about these two characters and we we did an episode on our our you know favorite tearjerker moments or the best Disney tearjerker uh-huh. moments and and Bambi's mom and Dumbo's mom are are uh-huh. were at the top of that list um, and so I, I think they should be mentioned in this conversation but I wanted to open up my list a little bit to some other characters uh, so. They are my honorable mentions, uh, Bambi's mom and Dumbo's mom, as being nice, nice. as being great Disney moms. But uh, like I said, I just wanted to have a little uh, variety on 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 my list, some things I hadn't talked about yet. So absolutely. All right. So what is your number five then, Mark? So my number five. This might be a new list. I'm guessing it's from The Incredibles, and it is Mrs. Incredible. Or La- do you know her name? Helen Helen no. Parr. Yeah, so okay. so she's she's high on my list. So I'll, I'll let you talk, oh. and then I'll save her for later. Okay, I'll just talk real quickly about her. I just I put her on list not because I think she is a super interesting character. Uh, mainly Incredibles two. I'm kind of disappointed, and it wasn't a bad movie by any means, but it wasn't like anything I'm gonna remember or want to watch again. And she was the star of it, so maybe they didn't do her justice with the movie they made for her. Incredibles 1's fantastic, but it feels more like a Mr. Incredible story. She's kind of like, not the bad guy, but she's kind of the one bringing him down a little bit. And so she kind of comes across as the nagging wife in the first one. And then the second one, she kind of has her chance to shine, but I didn't really love that movie. So I, I couldn't not have her on my list, but that's why I put her at number five. Got it. All right. So, yeah, so yeah. She'll, be, she'll be on my list a little bit later. Okay. So, um, right. Number five for me. And she it's a very, very small role in, in this movie, but uh, that is from The Princess and the Frog, uh, oh, right. and that's Tiana's mom. Okay. And her name, uh, her name is Eudora. I had to look that up. I didn't know what her name was, but uh, voiced by Oprah. Oh, and nice. <laughs> uh, she's a really, really interesting character. I mean, uh, she's very, very supportive of Tiana uh, when she's, like, trying to start her restaurant business um, and she's always trying to kind of push her forward um, and kind of motivate her. Um, She loses her husband. Uh, Her husband dies. So there's another uh, uh, parent death that Tiana has to deal with. Uh, And uh, I'm always, I'm always reminded of just uh, one of the best songs in that movie is like at the beginning. uh, It's called almost there. And yeah, uh, where Tiana's singing about like her restaurant and dreaming of it, and she goes into that the building that she had bought, and she's just kind of dreaming of everything. Uh, and I'm just always reminded of like her mom's just kind of always there, who's trying to help her and try to guide her and support her. And, and so uh, that's why I, I put her as, as number five. So she doesn't have a big role in that movie, but uh, yeah. uh, I really like kind of the role that she does have. Does she stay throughout? The film, because I remember when the dad dies, like that's a big deal because he kind of taught her the recipes mm-hmm. and the kitchen and whatnot. But does, is the mom like at the end of the movie too? Like yeah, she, she survives. All, oh, okay. Yeah, she's there. It's almost like a bookended kind of thing where she's at gotcha. the beginning and then Tiana obviously goes on her adventure and then when she does get the restaurant at the very end of the movie, she's there helping her and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I, I I just really I like that 
she has that very supportive kind of character uh, to her and that mindset. She's always there to help, you know, yeah. uh, and give that word of encouragement, uh, I think is really good. And she's just normal. Like, she, yeah. she doesn't die early. <laughs> yeah. doesn't have a tragic backstory. She's just a nice, supportive mom. Yeah, and she's not, like yeah. like you were saying, she's not a queen or royalty or anything. Yeah. She's just this uh, kind of real-life mom, you yeah. know. Uh, and so yeah. uh, I really like that. So my number five, nice. Tiana's mom from Princess All and the Frog. Right. My number four yep. is not technically a mom. Okay. She is a grandma. Okay. And it is Moana's grandma. Okay. Is okay. My number four. All right. Yeah, because the mom in Moana is kind of like pushy and really wants Moana to become the next leader of the island and not really wanting her to express herself and go on this adventure. But the wacky grandma, no one understands is actually the smartest one on the island, you know, tells Moana, you have to go and achieve your destiny and go on your adventure and go out there and remember who you were. And so she's quirky and unique, but at the same time, she is the one who kind of gives Moana, starts her off on her hero's journey. And so I kind of, that's one of my favorite movies. And I think the grandma is way more a catalyst for change than her own, mother so that's why i choose moana's grandma that's a good pick i, I thought you might i thought you might kind of go that way a little bit so oh. uh well because then because i was going through the list too and i was thinking about well you know coco like oh. his his relationship with his not not mama coco but the the grandma uh um, yeah. is is a really interesting dynamic between mom. the two of them because like, there's obviously love there, but she also has this animosity towards music and everything. So I, I kind of yeah. thought about that, too, you know? Uh, and so uh-huh. uh, that's a good pick, man, the grandma from, from Moana. Because, like, you're right. And then, like, her death scene and then her, like, you know, transformation and then, you know, Moana sees, like, her spirit in the water. I mean, it's really yeah. good, really moving, you know? And then at the end of the film, you kind of, like, see her spirit when she's sailing with her yeah. family because they finally left. She's kind of with them. And so, yeah, beautiful. I love it. Cool, man. So uh, my number four is slightly unconventional <laughs> as well. Uh, but you get, you know how big of a Winnie the Pooh fan I am. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I'm so... thinking, how, how can we work this in? <laughs> so I'm going with Kanga. Kanga oh, from, okay. from Winnie the Pooh, All man. Right. All uh, right. Yes, uh, she's she's such a great character. I mean, she's so nice. Like, she's just a nice character, a nice mom. She's always looking after Rue and taking care of him. Um, in the blustery day uh, episode, like, she's always, like, making sure, you know, he's got his coat on and his scarf on and just yeah. always taking care of him. Um, but she's also willing to kind of let him go off and have fun and go on his adventures, you know? The... Uh, in the the Tigger episode, when when uh, Rabbit is trying to get Tigger to stop bouncing, yeah, um, she just she lets Rue go off with Tigger and have fun, and it gets him into trouble a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. but um, I feel like she's got this kind of balance between kind of protecting Rue, uh, but also kind of giving him a little bit of independence to be with his friends and go have fun in, in the Hundred Acre Woods. So. Uh, I like that aspect of her character where uh, I think she comes off as almost too protective to some people a little bit, uh, but she does, a, I think, a really good job of, of taking care of Rue uh, while also giving him the opportunity to, uh, to go out and, and, and be, his, be his own self and hang out with his friends and stuff like that. So um, she's just such a, such a nice, uh, nice character. Uh, and I looked, I looked up her, her, her voice because her voice is always familiar to me. Um, she, was, she was voiced by a, a woman named Barbara Luddy who had a good relationship with, with Disney. Um, she was the original voice for Lady in Lady and the Tramp. Okay. And um, she voiced one of the fairies in Sleeping Beauty, Meriwether. Uh, and so she's gotcha. a... She's a, a Disney voice. So, like, uh, the, the girl who did Alice in Wonderland also did Wendy and Peter Pan. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. have this, you know, repertoire of, uh, of people, you know, 
this company of actors that they use. Uh, and so, so um, yeah, Kanga, I just, I love that. I love that character. She's, she's very different than the other Pooh characters. And I think that's why she stands out uh, as well. Uh, so uh, she's like the only female, I think, in the whole kind of, kind of gang of, of, uh, of characters in the hundred acre woods. So I, I think she stands out for that reason too. So I have a couple of the Pooh questions. For okay. You. Okay, first is I've, maybe you know Star Ninety, but I thought there was a analysis of Winnie the Pooh where each character represents some part of psychosis. Yeah, <laughs> right. Is there a total like Freudian analysis of Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure where that comes from, as far as like if that's like an actual study or if somebody yeah. just kind of made like it a up. Blog and, post or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. Like, there's Pooh with his like naivete and innocence yeah. uh, and then there's piglet with his anxiety and stress and then there's uh, and then there's eeyore with his gloominess and darkness and then there's yeah. tigger with his crazy wacky you know fun happiness you know uh so yeah, yeah they definitely all can fit into that mold like i said i don't know how true that that study is or whatever but um that it's definitely there <laughs> yeah because she king has like she's just sweet, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. Has her own weird <laughs> idiosyncrasies, but not hers. She just has the sweetness. Yeah. <laughs> and so, the second question is: at the parks, I've seen Winnie the Pooh, and I've seen Tigger, of course. I've seen the Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I've seen Eeyore, but that's it. Have you seen any other characters from Winnie the Pooh? And if you could choose one to become a constant character interaction, which one would you choose? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever seen Kanga or Rue. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Rabbit. Uh, I think I've seen. I think I've seen pictures like from years yeah. ago, um, but I don't think I've ever actually seen them uh, in person. Um, I think it would actually be kind of cool to see Christopher Robin. Oh, interesting. So you could have uh, in. Because when you see those characters, they don't talk to you, right? Uh, because they're they're in full costume, so it would be kind of fun if you, if they had in, in that poo corner section, if they had like a Christopher Robin kind of walking around, or you could you know in the photo op area. So then you could actually like interact and talk to uh, a character to talk to somebody. I think that might be kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I mean they do have Peter Pan. So yeah. They- have an adult worker who can seem like a child. Yeah. So, yeah, whoever plays Peter Pan, put him in a Christopher Robin costume. It's a great idea. Yeah, so I think that would be that would be kind of the character of choice. I think the other one for me is I'm always uh, uh, I like Gopher <laughs> a lot. <laughs> He's, <funny>. He's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and He's so if if they even had like give me like a give me an animatronic of him just like popping around. Like yes. every, every like he kind of pops up here and there around Critter Country. Like that'd be I'd, that'd be that'd be genius. Yeah, I would dig that so much. <laughs> all right, I, I, we're on tangent now. Another yeah. question. All right, yeah, another question. With, okay. with all of the troublesomeness around Song of the South mm-hmm. and Splash Mountain, how much, how possible do you think it would be? to maybe shut down Splash Mountain for six months to a year, get the Imagineerings working, and revamp the whole thing into a Winnie the Pooh? That's a good question. You you lean into it, and you say, Critter Country's Winnie the Pooh Land, and we have our dark ride here, and then we have our thrill ride. Because, I mean, no one has any connection to any of those characters in Splash Mountain. Yeah. They do only because of Splash Mountain. Yeah. like you could still keep the zippity doodah song. You could still keep the float at the end with all the happy animals. But maybe you could just incorporate some Winnie the Pooh story. And would, would that be blasphemous? What would you think about that? I would love that, but I think we've talked about this like a long time. Like maybe in one of our first episodes. I can't remember. Yeah. But um, I just I, I think it could work. I just like. Winnie the Pooh and those characters are so sweet and innocent and like kind of tame mm-hmm. that I just don't know if they work for a thrill ride. Yeah. Like, cause it'd be, you could do some cool stuff with it. Cause like maybe the big drop could be, you know, you put like the, you put like the honey, 
or the beehive uh, at the top yeah. of the at the uh, top of the drop, and then you drop into like a honey pot or something, you know. Um, <laughs> they, they could even like dye the water orange or yellow or something. Yeah. Um, and so you're going through honey the whole time. I don't know, uh, yeah. but like I think you could do it, and and I don't think it's total blasphemy to to want to to want to redo that ride because, like I said, it's. I mean, I love it, and so many other people do, but it's. Like you're saying, it's, it it doesn't connect with a lot of people anymore. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know if uh, the the property matches the ride. That'd be my only that'd be my only kind of hiccup in in that if they were to change it. But you could yeah. certainly do it, and I would love if they made Critter Country like turn it into uh, instead of on that sign. You know, when you're walking by the uh, when you walk past uh, Haunted Mansion. And you and you see Splash Mountain. They have this sign that says Critter Country. Uh-huh. Just repaint the sign and put Hundred Acre Wood on that sign, and it's, you're right. It, that'd be great. I'd love it. But yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting if they if they were to to do that or move that in that direction. So yeah, because they're in the corner, and I know they just built Star Wars Land, but maybe you kind of push back a little bit farther into the back lot and do another little kid ride. Mm-hmm. So you'd have. You'd have the Winnie the Pooh ride, you'd have another kid ride, and you'd have, you'd have three rides there, and a meet and greet, and store, and a restaurant. It could be so cool. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd, I'd love yeah. it. It'd be, I'm, we have good ideas, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Kanga was, Kanga was my number four, uh, and right. so uh, who's your number three, then, for your Disney mom? All right, my number three, I don't know if people are going to like this one, she's in the movie for maybe... 10 seconds. Okay. And she has a sad face like many Disney moms. It is Finding Nemo's mom. Oh, the mom okay. From Finding Nemo. Okay. Yeah. And I know the beginning of the movie is traumatizing for many people. And it's something that we always fast forward when our kids watch it the first time because it's so, so much. But as an adult, when you watch it, it's, it's really powerful. The beginning of Up gets a lot of credit and it should because it's so incredible but the beginning of finding nemo delivers a pretty huge gut punch right away but the fact that the mom protected nemo mm-hmm. and that she sacrificed herself for him is i think it's it's a beautiful thing and even though nemo has like he's a little bit underdeveloped and he's kind of missing a little bit of the fin, you know the mom still loved him and, and protected him and watched out for him and so uh the beginning of that film i think is really powerful and i was trying to think of maybe not the most typical answers and so i went with the mom from finding nemo i like it i like it um i was i was trying to because i know you love that movie so i was trying to think because then you also have and i know you don't like finding dory um as much but when you think about her parents in that movie are 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 really good you know because they they lay out all those shells for her to find, um, you know, and they stick that, around, awesome. you know. Like, so did you think about those parents at all? And, and, and I did not, but now that you're saying it, like, I remember thinking the movie was pretty good, but just losing it, just completely crying when you found all the shells were laid out for Dory. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> uh, so my number three um, is, and you mentioned her before, uh, but that is... Um, Queen Eleanor, who's Merida's mom from Brave. Because I, I really like her because of what you mentioned. She goes through this great character arc, you know? She is this very strict, staunch queen who says, Merida, you have to do things this way. It's my way or the highway. Um, and I, I think that's very realistic. I think in some sometimes parents act that way. Uh, with with their kids, it's like I went through this. You're gonna go through this. I'm gonna. You're gonna learn it exactly how I want you to do it. And uh, um, and it, it's not even that. That's that's necessarily bad. You know, um, she's just not exactly relating to Merida, right? She's not relating to her daughter in a in a, in a very good way. Uh, yeah. But that movie in particular is very much about this mother daughter relationship. Um, like I mentioned before, a lot of some of other Disney movies are a lot more about fathers and children. So, you know, even though 
um, Simba's mom is in The Lion King, it's very much about Simba and Mufasa, right? Yes. Um, uh-huh. Like, you know, Ariel, it's about her rebelling against her, her dad, against King Triton, you know? So yeah. there's a lot of this kind of father, father-child dynamic. And so there's not a lot of mother-daughter dynamic, and that's what I really appreciate in, in, in Brave. And the whole concept of, you know, uh, she becoming a bear, and that's what that transformation essentially transforms her character, not just physically, but, you know, emotionally she can start relating to Merida through that experience, and then they have to work together to figure out how to get her back to being a human. Um, and then, you know, they accept each other by the end and they have that big embrace at the end. Uh, and so I just love kind of the arc of that character and how she relates, uh, to, to Merida. So, yeah, I I really like that, that aspect of that movie. And I know that movie gets kind of some flack for not being as good, especially considering that it's a Pixar film and it was like their big attempt at kind of a fairy tale or a, or a princess movie. Uh, but, uh, that aspect of it in particular, uh, I think thematically, um, this familial mother daughter relationship, uh, at the center of it and at the heart of it, I think works really well. So, yeah. And I, I have only brothers and you have only brothers. Yeah. And so we don't have a total clear view of yeah. the mother daughter yeah. relationship, but I had a, a family that we grew up with. We we're super close to. And the mom was the nicest mom, nicest person ever met in her life, in my life. And her daughters and her would fight all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck's going on? She's the nicest lady on earth. And with my, some of my nieces fight with their moms. And, but it kind of just does like, I don't think the brave relationship is that unique. I think it's super relatable. Yes. Especially if you've been in there, you know, who, the, the mom and the daughter just don't quite understand each other. Yes. And that's, and that's okay. And you don't have to be Scottish and royalty <laughs> to have that. You can have that relationship that happens all the time. Yeah. Or, or be transformed really... in, or be transformed into a bear. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. totally. It's got, it's got that, uh, relatability, which yeah. is good. So cool, man. Yeah. I just, I really like that. That I think I like that movie more than most people do. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so I really like that character. So that's my number three, Merida's mom. Nice. All right, my number two is: Have we done all humans? Have you done all humans so far in your list? Uh, Kanga is a technically a that's right. stuffed uh, kangaroo. <laughs> kangaroo. That's, that's right. So. That's right. Because I'm going another animal. Okay. And I am going for Tarzan's monkey. Oh wow! That's yes. a great pick, man. I love. Tarzan. Tarzan is such a good movie, and I watched it recently, and I was just so emotional. That <laughs> whole scene when there's little Tarzan baby, and then the mom, monkey mom, finds her, finds him, and, and takes him, and the song, the song they play, it, it, it's, maybe it's just from Collins or what, but it's, it's really it's a monkey and a baby, but that song just makes it seem like the most beautiful and emotional relationship ever it's uh, it's uh, way more emotional than it should be and powerful than it should be but it, it got me so my number two is Tarzan's monkey ball that's a that's a great pick man I didn't even that wasn't even on my radar that's that's awesome because I was going through the list of like movies and I was yeah. like well Tarzan gets left when I got to Tarzan I was like oh Tarzan gets left on the island like his parents die so it's like, <laughs> but no he gets he gets picked up by the the his the gorilla mom and that's awesome man that's a great pick and, and she stays with him, and like when the tiger threatens, she's there to fight for him. And dad, if we're living the Disney dad bad list, Tarzan's monkey dad is pretty horrible. Yeah. But the mom, you know, fights for him and wants to do right by him. Does it end with him leaving or staying? I mean, I should know this because I love this movie. But does Tarzan ends with them staying in the jungle, right? I think so. No. Yes, it does. And yes. like Jane becomes a female Tarzan, and so like they're united together. Yeah, pretty sure at the end. And so also it has a happy moment because Tarzan did lose his real mom, but he doesn't have to lose his monkey mom either. 
there. So it's, it's got a sweet ending too, which I appreciate. That's good, man. That, that's a great pick. I, I love it. And you can't beat, I mean, like, come on, the song. I mean, like, that's what, oh my gosh. <laughs> that's what makes so that good. scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> so good. And it was, I liked how the songs, it was the beginning of the phase where Disney just hired famous musical people to sing the songs. You know, I don't, they don't John ever sing any of the Lion King songs. I know he wrote them. Not, he, he sang them on the soundtrack. He sang them on the, on the soundtrack, soundtrack and on like the end credits, but not actually in the movie. God, and so I was, I was happy that Tarzan just leaned into it and said, "We're just gonna do Phil Collins' voice, <laughs> sing this song. We'll just do it, and it worked so well." <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! So my number two is also an animal, and I gotta before I get to my number two, I gotta. I this was not on my list, and it just popped into my head. Alright, uh, but um, Mowgli's. Um, Wolf Mom in oh, the Jungle Book is is great, especially in the live action John Favreau uh, version. Yes. So that was not on my list; just popped into my head right now. But uh, um, my actual number two is also an animal, uh, and that is uh, Perdita in One Hundred and One oh, okay. Dalmatians. All right, let's hear. Yeah, she's man, like she's so. Um, She's so protective of her puppies and like she's, you know, very concerned about Cruella and what's going to happen. And like there's a really like sad scene where like she's like Cruella comes to like take the puppies and she's like downstairs, like hiding like under under like a bed or something. And yeah, that's uh, right. like she's so, so protective of, of her kids. Um, and then the moment the puppies get kidnapped they're like okay we got to do something right and then uh you know the humans are trying to figure it out and they can't and so uh, her and pongo just take action and they said okay we got to go we got to we got to get out of here and go find them yeah and so i love that aspect of her where it's just she's not waiting around it's just let's let's be proactive and let's go get them uh and so um there's some really cute interactions <laughs> with the puppies as well um how like she's telling him to like stop watching the tv and roll and rolly rolly keeps saying i'm hungry and she's like oh rolly you know come on yeah, you already yeah. ate you know uh, <laughs> so there's like some real life uh interactions there and then when one of the puppies like says like some you know it's not it's not actual cussing it's but like kind of swears at the tv she looks over to pongo and she's like really come on pongo <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right very yeah like a total real life mom. <laughs> yeah so um and then i think the biggest thing for me like my daughter right now is is kind of she's she likes watching that movie so we watch it every once in a while and yeah. the thing that has stood out to me the last few times that we've watched it over over the last i don't know year or so <laughs> is that when Pongo and Perdita get to um, the DeVille house where the puppies are being held, I think she is more vicious than Pongo in their fight scene. Ah. Like, she's, like, going after Horace and Jasper and, like, is fighting them off and getting the kids out of there. And so, like, I just you see this kind of... Kind of uh, motherly like like emotion and like tenacity come out in her so uh i just i love that aspect of her so yeah i just she's a really fun uh unique uh character so uh, i think she deserves to be on, on the list so perdita is my number two it's <laughs> great i have a disneyland question yeah this. could they incorporate 101 Dalmatians into the parks as a walk around thing. Like they just have a guy dressed up like the husband and dressed up like the wife and they're walking around because they have I mean, they're Mary Poppins walking around. So like they, they can do these British people walking around fantasy land. If they had these two Dalmatian dogs on leashes, do you think that would be cheesy or do you think that'd be a big hit or not possible? at all what do you think again i would love it like that i mean that would be great um man you could even like have little 
like a, a little, it sounds cheesy, but like a little puppy corner or something. Where, people would flip out. People would be so fired up for that. Well, like, think about Galaxy's Edge and all the people freaking out about interacting with droids. Yeah. Right? And how cute droids are. Like, yeah. throw in some Dalmatian puppies in Fantasyland. Oh, like, yeah, people <laughs> go wild. But yeah. the, the way my brain, and maybe it's because we're in this, like, you know, state that we're in as far as like COVID-19 and stuff. Yeah. But like, I, what would the liability be of oh, like, up yeah, yeah, like live dogs walking around or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would love it, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe you I could give you. them a certain area where they can be at, you know, that's in, so maybe you could see them or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. All right. So, uh, we're to our number ones. So, okay. who is your number one Disney mom? Number one, we talked about, and once again, not a human character. It is Dumbo's mom. Okay. Do you know Dumbo's mom's name? It's Mrs. Jumbo, right? Jumbo, that's right. <laughs> Pretty much the whole thing is, and it's been number one on my list sometimes, is the scene where she's in jail. Well, first off, she's in jail. The reason why she's in jail, you know, is important. And then... <laughs> She is rocking her baby to sleep. Even while she's in these horrible conditions, she's thinking more of her child than of herself. And she's rocking little Dumbo to sleep and calming him down when he feels sad. And it's like such a beautiful, sweet moment that uh, just for the power of that emotional moment that connects. Because you see it, you immediately connect back to your own mom and your relationship to your mom. And that's why all the emotions come into play when the time to your mom cared for you and protected you and you were feeling sad it's all kind of represented in that moment so i, I had to put that in the pool. that's good and and again another c- connection with with that great song you know baby baby of mine yes, so. exactly and and i know we talked about it in our tearjerker episode but like yeah. i think that moment is accentuated by like all of these other moms in the zoo in the circus right. that are taking care of their kids uh, that's right. as well and so it's all this big mother moment oh that makes it even more good for me yes <laughs> good. thank you for reminding me about yeah. that oh man so yeah th- like i said i think that is so deserving of of the number one spot i just i wanted to open up my my list a little bit since we have talked Absolutely. about mrs jumbo before so yes so what's your number one my number one uh as you mentioned her before uh but that's mrs incredible elastigirl okay Helen Parr, man. Uh, Okay, let's hear it. Because I I think um, if you look at The Incredibles from a different point of view, like you mentioned, like she kind of comes off as like the nagging wife. But if you look at it from just a little different perspective, you know, Mr. Incredible, Bob is going through this like midlife crisis and he's just kind of bailing on his family, right? And she's like picking up all the slack, man. And she's trying to take care of the kids and, and trying to, you know, be real about things. And, you know, she's trying to move on from their su- superhero life. She said, hey, we had some great days. We had some glory days. But I think there's a great line of where she says, like, you're missing your family now. You know, you're looking back on the past, but you're missing them right now. Uh, and so uh, I really appreciate that about her. She, she can kick a lot of butt, too. Uh, which is fun. Like she's a woman of action, which is really cool. They they came up with some really creative ways to like have her stretch and stuff like that. And she's like a parachute at one point. She's a boat <laughs> at one point. That's right. Yes. Um, so, uh, but she's always taking care of the kids and protecting the kids. And um, I think there's some real moments where like she kind of like yells at the kids because they're kind of freaking out. And like when they're on the island, like when they crash land on the island. And then, like, she has this moment where she's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, like, the best way to do this, but we, we're, we're going to get through it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so there's some really great moments with her in the first movie. And then the second movie, I really like. I think it's a worthy sequel to the first movie. Um, and she essentially becomes the main character uh, of that one. And she kind of goes through her own kind of midlife crisis, uh, if you will. And, yeah. you know, she gets to be out in the forefront while, while Bob's at home. Uh, and so she has to kind of deal with, with that dilemma and, and how she's going to, you know, 
take on that role in, in the family. And so, um, there's some great stuff with her and, and I just, I love that she is a superhero, but also a real life mom and a real life character. And so she has these kind of dual aspects to her, which uh, I really like. So Mrs. Incredible, Elastigirl, Helen Parr is my number one Disney mom. That's a great pick because there's, after seeing it as an adult with a bunch of kids, it's so real. The, the scenes at the dinner table, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which are kind of uncomfortable, like <laughs> have been in very similar situations to that. And they, they nail that husband, wife, mother, father, child relationship like spot on. And, and I love how they're willing to show that, that she is this incredible person, but at the same time, she's dealing with the same family stuff that we all deal with so i I think that's a great pick well and there's also like a very famous moment in the first movie where she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's she's looking at her body and she's like kind of what has happened you know kind of thing Uh, uh and so again i think when you take when you look at that movie from like a the genre of superhero like it's a great superhero movie but if you look at it from just a little different angle and you look at it as like a family drama, man, is it, is it really good? And does she stand out as this great mom? So, um, it's, it's dark. Like the family drama stuff gets like heavy. Yeah. When, and I think that's what makes it such a good movie and, and why some of the best Disney movies are that good is because like on the surface, yeah, they're this kid's movie, they're entertaining or whatever, but they all also have layers, you know, beyond that. So I have, a, I have a couple questions for you real quick. Um, your like favorite all-time movie, or at least Disney movie, uh, is Inside Out. And I was, I was going through my list, and I was trying to figure out, like, what role does Riley's mom have in that movie? I was trying to find a way to put her on the <laughs> list, but she just... I couldn't do it. I mean, she's in the movie for just to surface riley's story you know because mm-hmm. if it was mostly about riley then she'd be a bigger role but she's like a third character behind, behind. it's about riley and joy yeah. you know and their relationship and so she's like even farther away from being a main character so I, I couldn't figure that out but the moment i show this movie in my film class and the kids laugh so hard when they go into her mind Mm-hmm. Like every time they go into a different person's mind, they laugh. The, the, when they go into the mom's mind and how she's thinking about her husband, the kids think that's the funniest thing <laughs> in the world. They love that. And so that that moment, maybe she deserves to be on the list just for like you get to see in her mind. But yeah, that's good because like I was trying to think about that movie, and it, like you said, it's very much about joy and sadness and their relationship with Riley. So I was trying to figure out how the parents <laughs> interacted there. And then my my other question is I, I was, like, desperate to put a live-action movie on this list and yeah, a live-action yeah, yeah. character, and I just couldn't find them, man. Like, there there were not a lot of live-action, at least great live-action, that I felt deserved to be on this top five list from, from Disney live-action movies. Did you, have the, did you have that same process? The only ones I thought of were, well, Mary Poppins came to me. Mrs. Banks? Because... No, or, or Mary Poppins. Poppins. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, because, like, she's the de facto mom. Because, yeah. Well, what happened to the kid's real mom? Did she just died. They don't know why. She's in Mary Poppins? dead for a long time. Yeah. In the, no, she's in the movie. She's really? Yeah. She's, she's a she's, she's a suffragette. I it was just the grumpy old dad. No. She's just very, uh, she's just very absent from, yeah, <laughs> from being a mom. She's really absent. No, she existed. Yeah. In, in Mary Poppins Returns... Uh, okay. The mom is dead. Uh, maybe I'm getting confused. With that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I thought of. And then we could go. Now it's Disney, I guess. There's Princess Leia. Okay. There's you know, Madala. There's Iron Man's wife. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. But I none of them are because I mean Queen Princess Leia just had one kid, Ben Solo. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> yeah. And then Queen Amidala, maybe her. You know, she was she gave birth, but she died in childbirth. So it's kind of like, you know, never got to see the kids. And so, yeah, you're right. It may be hard to choose a live-action mom. 
the the closest I got was was get this the closest I got was angels yeah. was angels in the outfield and the, the <laughs> foster mom who takes care of them who's sure. like she's like she's the bird lady in Home Alone two like that yeah, was like yeah, the closest yeah. I got like to a live action mom but. <laughs> Well, well, and then I mean, I'm sure they're out there. I just don't. Maybe I, I don't relate to them, or I, I haven't seen them in a long time. But like, we, I kind of like. There's the Freaky Friday yeah. movies, like the old ones with like um, Haley Mills, and then um, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, yeah. and Lindsay Lohan did a version of it. Um, I just I've only seen that movie once, so I I don't know much about <laughs> much about it. Uh, yeah. and then like, um, someone mentioned the parent trap and I was like, yeah, th- but like they split up their two twins. Like, I don't know how yeah, yeah. parents, right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I stuck with animated. So, <laughs> yeah. Is, does home alone count as it's on Disney plus? Does that count as technically it does now? Disney? I mean, it's still I under, mean- t- under Fox's banner, but. But now yeah. Disney owns Fox. So <laughs> once you get past the fact that she left her son, <laughs> uh, the mom from Home Alone is pretty cool. Like she, she cares the most. She's willing to sacrifice everything to see to make sure her son's okay. So she's, but she has the cardinal sin of forgetting her son. <laughs> yeah, <on the laughs> twice, <TV>. twice <laughs> no less. Yeah, twice, that's right. <laughs> yeah, sequel, sequel visit bridge too far. You're right. <laughs> uh, all right, so Mark, as we as we wrap up, like. If you could just like in a nutshell, like w- tell us the, the the qualities, the characteristics uh, for a, a Disney mom and for a great Disney mom. They put the kids first. They met, some of them die protecting their kids, or when they have their kids with them, they will do whatever it takes to protect their kids. And that's something that all parents can relate to, that you would do anything for your kid. And Disney does a good job of showing that level of sacrifice and devotion it takes to be a, a, good, a good parent and a good mom. So that's what I would say. All right. Those are, those are great words. Uh, and uh, we just want to say to uh, all the moms out there, yes. happy Mother's Day this week. Uh, have, uh, have a good day. Try to make it as the best day you can, even though we're in these crazy times uh but uh maybe watch a disney movie make watch one of these uh movies that we talked about uh but uh, have a happy mother's day and i know my mom listens she tells me she listens to the podcast so mom happy mother's day Uh, and my mom has told me she hasn't so uh maybe she'll (laughs) listen to this one (laughs) that's right you need to send her this one all right well mark uh Thank you, man, and uh, uh, enjoy uh, enjoy uh, your weekend, and uh, right. enjoy Mother's Day with with your wife and your kids. All right, you too, man. All right, thanks. All right, see ya. And as always, subscribe to Fifty Five in Maine, a Disney podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, like, and share, and check out our Facebook page, Fifty Five in Maine. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.